0: Good morning everyone and uh, warm welcome to each and every one of you here uh, to St. Columbus, derry Volge uh, You're all very welcome to our morning service uh, today. Uh, for those who don't know me, uh, my name's Ken Gamble. I'm a retired non stipendiary minister who lives in Lisburn and the last time I was here in derry was in fact last Christmas Eve when your rector James suddenly went down I think with was always say COVID or something anyway and it was a last minute phone call could you cover the christmas eve service last year so lovely to be back with you once again uh, on this sunday and as probably many of you know james is off for a few days i think he uh, deserves a well-earned rest everything i'm told is on the screen uh, behind uh, for our service today and so On this, the uh, first Sunday of Christmas season, we join the shepherds on their journey to Bethlehem to see the child who has been born to Mary. And also, obviously, this is the uh, New Year's Eve, and so we're standing on the threshold of a new year. And so that's a time, obviously, to let us think to ourselves, what does the birth of this baby mean to each one of us as we look forward to the year that lies
1: ahead? This morning's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. It's the story of the angels visiting the newborn baby. Luke chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived.
0: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would now open your word to our hearts in this Christmas season and our hearts to your word at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is the um, first Sunday after Christmas, and it's uh, traditionally a Sunday, which is somewhat of a a low-key affair you know after all the build-up and all the hype that probably begins around Halloween now uh, runs through Advent uh, into Mary and Joseph's arrival in Bethlehem followed by Jesus birth which we celebrated uh, at the beginning of this week we now have a, a slight pause maybe a moment to catch our breath before the three wise men arrive Next Sunday, uh, as we celebrate the Epiphany. Yes, it's been less than a week uh, since Christmas, but in some ways, you know, Christmas seems quite a long way off. Much has happened. Normality, to some extent, has resumed. Uh, the the sales have started in the shops. Some decorations are down in houses. Uh, some people have returned to work. Presents have been maybe put away, but in the church, we continue to celebrate Christmas. We're in the midst of our Christmas celebrations. And similarly, in our lives, we also should continue to celebrate Christmas in our own lives. Christmas, when you think about it, is a wonderful interlude in our lives. But I suppose in some ways now, it is a question of very much getting on with our lives once again. And that's the sort of sense we get from that reading we just had a short time ago this morning. The angels had left. uh, The shepherds had visited the uh, newborn Jesus. And then they went back to their fields, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and they had seen. And life went on. There's a quite well-known Christmas poem written by a man called Howard Thurman uh, an American he's now deceased and he was I suppose one might say like a spirit a spiritual mentor to many of the civil rights leaders in America and these are the words that he wrote when the song of the angels is stilled when the star in the sky is gone when the kings and princes are home when the shepherds are back with the flocks Then the work of Christmas begins, to find the lost, to heal those broken in spirit, to feed the hungry, to release the oppressed, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all peoples, to make a little music with the heart, and to radiate the light of Christ every day in every way. In all that we do and in all that we say, then the work of Christmas begins. And Charles Dickens also famously wrote uh, in his uh, novel A Christmas Carol these words that Scrooge spoke when he said I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year for many people Christmas is (coughs) A one-off event fun for a while while it lasts maybe for some it's quite a stressful night nightmare at the other end of the scale but Christmas really when you think about it is far from being just a -a once-in-a-year celebration and why I say that it is because that Jesus came into this world to change this world to transform it and all of our lives forever and so the work of Christmas, I would suggest to you, doesn't begin and end in our carol services and in our celebrations on Christmas, important those, those things are, but it begins in how we seek to live out the work of Christ in our lives each and every day. Going back to our reading this morning, we heard about how the shepherds, after the angels had appeared to them, hurried quickly to Bethlehem to see what was happening. And there they found Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And immediately their lives were changed. While we may celebrate Christmas, while some people may look upon it as a one-off event, a time to do special things, just think of those shepherds whose lives were changed by the sight of Jesus. What did they do? They went about telling people about everything they had seen, everything they had heard. And whilst they went back to work, I don't think their lives would ever have been the same again. So perhaps Christmas, without the lights, though they're beautiful, maybe without the trees, without the cards, without the busyness that we have around the shops, is something that we should celebrate all the year because of the life-changing difference it has made to each and every one of us because it is a time when Jesus was born to change us. After all, he is good news for us all. And as Christians, as members of his church, each one of us has a responsibility to be carriers of the good news because it is for all people. It's not just for ourselves in the church. Remember what the angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy, That will be for all people all people not just the shepherds so just three things just to share with you this morning three brief points and as we particularly as we look forward to beginning a new year uh, tomorrow and the first thing I would want to say is I would invite us to believe truly that the birth of Jesus is indeed a good and life-changing news Sadly, many people, sadly even some uh, church goers, profess a faith in Jesus that doesn't really change their lives one iota. It's maybe more of a habit, maybe more of a a tradition. It may be part indeed of their search to get to know Jesus. But whatever it is, the birth of Jesus hasn't really been life-changing for them as individuals. The shepherds on the other hand went and their lives were changed and they weren't people who were easily fooled they were tough men they had a tough job and so they had nothing to gain at all from that little outing to bethlehem but what they saw at bethlehem it changed them and for millions of people since jesus has changed their lives too Uh, for some it may be a, a, a dramatic conversion experience for others it may be simply that day-to-day strength that they gain from knowing that he is with them but whatever the circumstances are the common denominator is that Jesus wants to change our lives and if we allow him he will indeed just do just that which brings me just to that second thought just to share with you this morning and that is we're invited to live as if it does make a difference. When we hear about churches today, we often hear and read about, you know, less encouraging news, maybe bad news. We hear problems. We hear of maybe falling attendances, a lack of money, a lack of clergy, too many church buildings, not enough young people. Yes. And every one of those can be a problem, And indeed can be pretty depressing unless we believe that God does have a future for us and for his church, whatever the church looks like going forward. Sometimes we talk about good news, but we fail to live as if we actually believe that. And therefore we maybe wonder ourselves, I wonder why people aren't attracted to the church, or even more importantly, why they aren't attracted to the church or to the God. Who we represent. You and I have to be good news in our daily lives. We need to be people who display evidence in our lives that something has changed us and indeed continues to change us. I don't believe for one moment that the God who sent the prophets uh, promising a Savior would come into the world, a God who sent his Son into the world to save the world, a God whose son lived on earth, offering us an example on how to live and to love, and then died and rose again for us. I don't believe for a moment that he is ever going to be beaten by falling attendances or all those other things that I mentioned. Those are just really distractions. And while they can discourage us clearly, ultimately the challenge for us should be to confidently tell people the good news about Jesus being born for all and that brings us into the third thing to share with you this morning each one of us is invited to tell others about him the shepherds didn't return to the fields and keep those things the things they had seen to themselves what they did they do they told others their testimony was spontaneous they spoke from the heart Their words really uh, connected with the people they were speaking to and to their needs. And in a similar way, we all have a duty to tell people about the life-changing news of Jesus Christ. Churches are very good at developing all types of strategies and programs uh, to tell people about Jesus, and that is good. But perhaps there's even just a simpler way And all that we need actually just to do is to spread the good news. No secret formula or anything like that. Just something to do very naturally and instinctively. Isn't that the way we do it when we have exciting news uh, ourselves? We want to share it with other people. We don't think of ourselves. We don't think about what we're going to say. We're so uh, taken up by the good news that we have. We can't keep it to ourselves and we want to share it with other people around us. You know, just think of the example I'm sure many of us have had. You know, a baby is born into the family. Uh, You can't stop talking about your child or your grandchild. You can't resist pulling out the photographs or maybe pulling out the, the phone and showing the photographs on your phone. It brings a smile to your face. It brings, you know, a spring to your step and you can and you find yourself sharing that good news with everyone even to strangers basically to anyone who will listen the more exciting the more amazing the news we have the greater the eagerness we have to share it with other people Christmas sadly like lots of things in this world has maybe become secularized in some ways but I don't think that's necessarily something just to sit and moan about maybe it's just a timely reminder to each one of us that that secularism takes over only when we let it a bit like that other well-known quote the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing each one of us here in church this morning even in small ways has the responsibility of being, making sure that Jesus isn't forgotten in Christmas and one of the ways to do that is by making sure that we just don't celebrate jesus at christmas but we try to live as people who believe in him and who has changed who have been changed by him each and every day here we are 31st of december uh, at the end of another year a time when our newspapers our television programs will once again look back and have all Types of reviews of maybe far too many sad and tragic events that have occurred over the last 12 months. And it's right that we do take time maybe just to reflect on what all has happened. But it's also right that, as well as reflecting, we need to respond with the hope of Jesus, with the joy, with the goodwill, with the love of Jesus, and to make sure that these things Assured by us, will make a difference to other people's lives. Today, or this time of the year, time when many people will make New Year's resolutions. Perhaps some of you already have particular resolutions in your mind that you're going to make for 2024. Uh, Most of them are probably things for our our well-being, for our self-improvement. We might resolve to eat less or drink less, maybe we're going to join a gym, maybe our goal is to learn a a language, a foreign language for the new year, or how to play a musical instrument. But what happens by February, usually those things are forgotten and they're consigned to history. Today, as we prepare to enter 2024, you know, what is the new year's resolution? That we should all make and in fact the answer to that question I posed myself generally you know actually it was on the top of your order of service uh, today and it is uh, I suppose that what I would call the strap line that you have for this parish and your strap line for this parish is to know Christ better and to make him better known I can't think of a better New Year's resolution for all of us than that to know Christ better and to make him better known. Amen and so we come just to our final prayer let us pray. The angels sang the story the shepherds ran to see it for themselves but Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart may we too make the story ours and in doing so bring it to others and the blessing of god almighty the father the son and the holy spirit be with you and those whom you love this day and forevermore amen amen